Team Vaughn is blessing us again this week. So enjoy that. Vaughn will be Vaughn and his people uh, are going to be walking around and passing out ice cream. Uh, so don't worry, he will get to you. And uh, who was here last week that got to enjoy some of that stuff? Yeah, our, our granddaughters told us that uh, it was one of their favorite church services ever. I was really suspicious that it had to do with chalk and ice cream. But hey, if that's what it takes for the gospel to go forth, we're all about it, right? Jesus fed a lot of people. He just, uh, do you think Jesus had Italian ice? Anyway, <laughs> Acts chapter 2, we started last week um, talking about only the beginning and we said we're going to spend some time in the book of Acts. And last week we talked about um, the beginning of the church. The beginning of the church in the book of Acts. The beginning of Acts chapter 2. And I'm staying in Acts chapter 2 for the first time something occurs in Acts chapter 2 that happens in history. It's after the resurrection. A little bit of backdrop. After the resurrection, Jesus has resurrected from the dead. He has now ascended to heaven. Then early in Acts chapter 2, you have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in, what's in, in the upper room. So the disciples are in the upper room and others. There is this impartation of the Holy Spirit. If you've never read about it, check it out in Acts chapter 2, the beginning. Anyway, the Holy Spirit manifests in this upper room and they begin to spill out into the streets. So it's the beginning, known as the beginning of what we know as the church, the body of Christ, starts in Acts chapter 2. So we talked about that a little bit last week. And then as we go through Acts chapter 2, they spill out into the street. They start getting accused of being drunk and all kinds of stuff, which is really kind of fun reading. Check it out. Uh, Peter has to assure everybody that they're not drunk because it's too early in the morning to be drunk. So he says this is the... the promise that you have read about, for instance, in the book of Joel. And he starts to refer to different scriptures in the Old Testament. So we get to near the end of the book of Acts chapter 2, and we see what's known as the first conversions to Christianity after Jesus has gone to heaven. So Peter is speaking, and as he's speaking, he goes through a bunch of different things. Now the crowd is mainly Jews, because they are in Jerusalem celebrating what's called the Day of Pentecost, which is a, a ceremonial celebration that they're having regarding things that had happened in the Old Testament. The promise happens on the Day of Pentecost, and they're listening. As they're listening to Peter preach, this, we pick it up in verse 37. It says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, What should we do? Everyone say that. What should we do? Say it louder. What should we do? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, it's for your children, and it's for all who are far away. We would be part of that, all who are far away. So basically what Peter's saying is the promise isn't just for the Jewish people. It's not just for the people in that audience. It's for everybody alive then and everybody that would come in the future. For all those who are far away, everyone whom the Lord calls to himself. And he testified with many other discussions and exhorted them saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. 
Who could use a little saving from the corrupt generation, right? So those who welcomed, everyone say welcomed. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added. So basically 3,000 people trust God. That word welcome there, I think a better translation of that word is simply trust. Everyone just say trust, trust. So this is where they begin to trust. There is a beginning to trust. And maybe many of you have already trusted Jesus like this group of 3,000 trusted. You've given your heart to Christ. You trusted Jesus. And you begin, at that moment, this lifelong process of trusting Jesus. But trust isn't just a one-time event, right? If you've never given your life to Christ, that's really the invitation here is to trust Jesus. That is the beginning of trust, is we trust. So what does trust look like for us right here, right now? It says they devoted themselves, the 3,000, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, which we've done all of that here already this morning. Verse 43, and awe came upon everyone. I love when Teshna read the scripture in Psalm 145, it says that everyone from generation to generation was in awe. Now I want you to know that trust in Jesus, trust in God, opens us up to awe. How many could use some awe in their life? So it, it's, it's the door to awe in our lives is trust. So I kind of have a question or two for us this morning. What does it mean for me or for you to trust God right here, right now? What does it mean for me to trust God right here? Say that after me. What does it mean for me to trust God right here. Let's say it again, because I think that this question, if this question or some form of this question can be with us every day of our life, we will be open to the awe and the power of God in a way that maybe we are so longing for. Let me say it after me one more time. What does it mean for me to trust God right here. See, trust, one definition is it's a firm belief in reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Our trusting of God, when they welcomed God, when you welcome God, you are simply uh, having a firm belief in God's reliability, God's truth, God's ability and strength in your life and mine. It goes on, this definition, it says, one in which confidence is placed. When you and I trust God right here, right now, in every moment that that our life, our life today, during this day, will require trust. We will be invited to trust God to see what only God can do. I always love being outside because I'm reminded when I'm outside here in the parking lot, I'm reminded Claire and I, we had our moment like these 3,000 driving down I-94. We were coming from my brother's wedding in Battle Creek, driving back to the Detroit area where we live. And it was somewhere around here on I-94 that we simply said, help, we trust you, Jesus. And we gave our lives to Christ. And that began a lifelong 
kind of process. I left, uh, left, Claire talked about some moments of trusting in our family this week. I was, I had the privilege of being able to help out last week on Monday with the food pantry. And when I was leaving here, um, I got kind of to the top of the driveway and I got a call from Claire and my son, Ian. And Ian, one of Ian's daughters had cut her head um, on a counter. And it was pretty bad, a lot of blood. She's great. It just took a little bit of um, took a little bit of that medical crazy glue at the hospital. But I've learned over the years that in those moments, when you get those crazy calls or something comes out of nowhere, the question that has to come to, to the forefront in order to be able to live the way that I'm invited to live and you're invited to live by God is what does trust look like right here? Right now, what does trusting God look like right here, right now? When I got married, I was 18 years old. I didn't have a clue in life what marriage was going to look like. But I definitely wanted to know what does trusting God look like right here, right now? When I was 20 years old, our first child was born. I don't know, I don't remember ever holding a baby before Sarah was born. You had better believe, I wasn't saying it out loud, but I was thinking, what does trusting God look like right here, right now? I've had those moments where I didn't know how we were going to pay the rent early in our marriage or when we bought our first house. What does trusting God look like in my finances right here, right now? I remember when this building, the ground was broken for this building. Imagine this lot being basically just like that field. There was not a cross there. There were no buildings there. We bought this property, and I remember the ground being broken. This building was built first, and I remember hills of dirt. We have some pictures of it, and I remember thinking, what does trusting God look like right here, right now? Your life and mine is full of opportunities to trust God. You will have opportunities on this day to trust God. You may be living a life where you're feeling betrayal. When I and Claire, when we have gone through betrayal, we have had to remind ourselves, what does trusting God look like right here, right now? When people we love go through difficulty, what does trusting God look like right here right now i love proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 it says trust in the lord with all of your heart lean not on your own understanding acknowledge the lord in all of your ways and god will make your path straight say that after me would you trust in the lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways and he will make your path straight. What does trusting God look like in your life right here, right now? What does trusting God look like in your trouble, in your goodness, in your celebration? What does trusting God look like right here, right now, in your body, in your health? 
with your finances. I remember the first time Claire and I gave 10% to an offering at church. And I, I remember thinking and, and having conversation with Claire around this. It wasn't this exact question, but it's essentially, what does trusting God look like right here, right now? You and I can trust Jesus. You can count on God. God is with you. God is with me. When we trust in God, when we come to him and say, God, what does it look like for me to trust you in this situation? You can count on God to help you know that you can trust him and and lean on him and rely on him. I want to go back to a question I asked right at the beginning, and it's simply this. Who could use a little awe in their life? Who could use a little bit of that God surprising you and being in awe of God's marvelous works? I would just invite all of us to simply, if you want awe, the, the awe that can only come from God moving in your life, to on this day trust God afresh. See, we begin to trust God afresh on this day in this moment. And in doing so, God will show up in our life in a way that will make a difference. God bless you guys. Let's all stand as the worship team leads us again in this song. trust in Jesus, just to trust his cleansing blood, just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing cleansing flood. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust. I learned to trust Him. 
precious Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that Thou art with me, wilt be with me to the end. up to your presence and power in our lives. We open ourselves up to your ability, your promise for our life, your desire for our life, your words for our life. Lord, help us to know what this moment right now looks like for us to trust you. Lead us and guide us in the way. I pray specifically for young families that are getting ready to send their kids back to school and trying to discern how all of that will look. Pray, God, that as they trust you, you will give them a peace and a, a settledness about what that looks like for them. I pray, Father, for anyone on this day that has a need that seems to go beyond uh, human capabilities. We trust you. We open ourselves up to awe and wonder. And Lord, for those on this day that are celebrating and that they're in a, a season of goodness, I pray that as they receive from you, Lord, and they trust you, that their trust in you would open them up to the season that you have for them fully. We trust you, Lord. We trust you as a church, even as we enter this season as it feels like a church plant, Lord. It feels like we are starting all over in so many ways. We trust you, God. We know you can be trusted. We know you're with us. We know that the gates of hell will never prevail against the body of Christ. So we open ourselves, God, to your promise. And we thank you for that. Now I bless each and every person here. I pray that as they go and they trust, that they would be open and awake to the awe-inspiring release of your presence and power in their lives. Even on this day, let, a, let them go about trusting you and experiencing your goodness, welcoming your power, living into your grace. In Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Hope you experience the awe and power of God all week long. God bless you guys. Love you so much.
goes in peace, everyone. We'll see you next week.